Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Season 12 of the Fourth and Inches Show. I'm Jana, and normally joined by my co-host, Scott, the Fantasy Sherpa, but he's unfortunately on the injured list this week. He will be back next week. We'll be back to normal then, but... For this week, you're going to have to just put up with just me here. Although, don't worry, uh, Sherpa has sent in his game picks so we can uh, start keeping track of who's got the best tally all season long, even though he's not here today. Uh, So we'll get to that in a little bit. But as I mentioned, we are officially in our our Joe Namath, our Jim Kelly, our Terry Bradshaw, our Roger Staubach, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, insert your favorite number 12 player season here. We're north of 200 episodes, and there is no sign of slowing down. So thank you so much for being here. If it's your first time, where have you been? Don't worry, we'll catch you up. Um, but first and foremost, you can find us all over social media. Uh, we are also with you for an hour here tonight and every Wednesday night. Tonight's a little uh, earlier than usual just because I've got a draft. <laughs> so I didn't think it was fair to you guys to not have Sherpa and for me to also be drafting at the same time. So we're doing this a little early this week. We'll be back at our normal time at 8.30 p.m. next Wednesday night and from here on out. As I said, you can find us all over social media. We're on Twitter at the number 4 THN Inches Show. That's the number 4 THN Inches Show. You can also find us at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. I'm pretty sure you can figure out who's who there. On Facebook, you can find us at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number 4 THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And we've got an action-packed show for you tonight. It is week one of the NFL season. I hope you guys are all drafting or you've already drafted and now you're ready to get some tips on who to start, who to sit. We've got it all for you here. We're going to go through some injury, news, notes, all that good stuff, uh, our game predictions, and as well as, at the end of the show, our daily fantasy picks. So jumping right in, normally uh, we also do waiver wire pickups, but it is week one. Uh, At this point, it's throwing a dart at the board. We haven't even seen half of these guys, if not more than half of these guys, play this season. So waiver wire is a pick-your-own-adventure at this point. If you've already suffered catastrophic injuries, like unfortunately our own Sherpa has, um, we can can certainly take care of you there. But first, let's get into the news and notes and off-season injuries, because unfortunately there were a few big-name players uh, who are certainly going to affect your team, especially if you're in a dynasty league or, or drafted early. Um, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard, Deshaun Watson has some off-the-field issues, to put it lightly. Uh, he will not be playing quarterback for the Houston Texans this week, as far as they'll say, um, really for this season or for anyone else for the foreseeable future. Um, if you haven't heard about that, fire up the old Google machine. It's a real mess. <laughs> also, uh, Cam Newton has been released by the Patriots. They're going to be going with rookie Mac Jones as their starter. And so far, no one's come calling for Cam's services. Uh, the Cowboys, who, if this is your first time here, I am an unfortunate longtime supporter of, uh, were rumored to be interested, but thankfully declined to go that route. So I'm happy there. Uh, the Texans. As I said, won't have Deshaun Watson under center. They did officially name Tyrod Taylor their starting quarterback, finally, the other day. Uh, The Saints have named Jameis Winston their starter. Remember, Drew Brees retired. The Jaguars named Trevor Lawrence their starter and traded my boy Garner Minshew to the Eagles, so we're going to have to deal with that. (laughs) Just in case you were worried about it, C.J. Beathard is the Jaguars' backup quarterback, and he looked phenomenal in the preseason. 
but I digress. Uh, in other quarterback news, the 49ers have not actually named Jimmy Garoppolo their starter, but all signs indicate that's going to be what happens. He is one of the big game players returning from a uh, significant injury. He had that forever lingering high ankle sprain. Um, don't forget, he also has rookie Trey Lance on his heels, or his ankles, if you will. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your starter this week, next week, who knows? And allegedly, Kyle Shanahan is going to play Trey Lance in some capacity at some point during the game. I don't know if he's going to make it a Taysom Hill kind of deal or if we're just going to see what happens. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy for the moment. Uh, other big names returning this week, it looks like Saquon Barkley is on track to play week one for the Giants, uh, barring some kind of setback. His workload may be a little limited. Um, I think the offense is going to struggle this week, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Dak Prescott, uh, we all remember that gross ankle injury. We we all saw that. What we haven't seen is him take a snap in 11 months. So we're not really sure what we're going to get out of Dak Prescott, but it's probably going to be an upgrade. In Cincinnati, uh, Joe Burrows is back from his torn ACL, MCL, and all the other structural knee damage he collected last season. Looks pretty good so far. Unfortunately, his offensive line hasn't gotten much better, and his center is also coming back from a torn ACL. So, set of circumstances, but we'll see what happens. In Cleveland, you've got wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. He tore his ACL in week seven. So, we're going to see how he and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield can all coexist. In Denver, wide receiver Cortland Sutton is back. He tore his ACL in week two of last season. He has looked absolutely phenomenal in preseason. That tandem of uh, Sutton and Jerry Judy in Denver is going to be absolutely explosive. We'll talk about them more in a little bit. And Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey missed most of last season with various ailments, ankle injury, the quad injury, head, shoulder, knees, and toes. His final body, he had an injury last season, but so far, healthy. And also worth reminding you that Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford swapped cities in the offseason. We're going to see some new faces in uh, in L.A. and in Detroit. So keep an eye on those. Unfortunately, we do have injuries already to start the season, even though we haven't even taken one snap yet. Uh, a couple of guys are already officially done for the year. As I alluded to earlier, Sherpa has been hit by by Cam Akers here, uh, the Rams running back, he ruptured his Achilles tendon, which unfortunately has become the injury du jour this season, which is not great. Uh, so he's done for the year. Travis Etienne in Jacksonville, that Clemson rookie running back who is looking really good. Uh, he's got a Liz Frank foot fracture uh, that required surgery. He did have surgery last week. It went well, but we won't be seeing him on the field this week. Another young rookie who was, well, not rookie, he's in second year, but Young running back looking to break out was J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. He tore his ACL in the last preseason game. Of course, everyone got upset because why are you playing your starters in the preseason? That's actually what it's for, guys. We're supposed to have some snaps for starters. That's how the teams learn to gel and the whole thing works. But that's that's another rant for another time. (laughs) The Ravens were also hit. Uh, last week with Justice Hill tearing his Achilles tendon. Uh, He's also out for the season, so the running back situation in Baltimore is a little dire right now. They did sign Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad yesterday. Uh, Once he gets up to speed, he will get promoted to the the, uh, 53-man roster. 
Also in Minnesota, Titan Irv Smith Jr. Uh, had knee surgery. He is dealing with a meniscus injury, and they've shut him down for the season as well. So I've already got some big names, guys, that would be on your roster normally uh, that are going to be done for the year. So hopefully you already know about that, and you've already picked somebody up accordingly. But if not, we've got some suggestions for you later. Uh, other injuries to watch and keep an eye on in New Orleans, stop me if you've heard this saga, wide receiver Michael Thomas is not going to be playing. He's still dealing with that ankle injury. Uh, he's going to be starting the season on the pup list, physically unable to perform list. So he's going to be out for the first six weeks of the season at a minimum. The Saints actually have a bye week six, so he's only going to miss five games if he's able to be activated right when that is up. But with this ankle injury, it's kind of anyone's guess. He did have surgery, so hopefully that will help the healing. We're going to find out. The Saints are also dealing with uh, an injury to tight end Nick Vanett. He's dealing with an injury. They put him on the short-term IL. He's out for at least three weeks. The Cowboys' right guard, Zach Martin, is going to miss tomorrow night's game against the Buccaneers because he has COVID. This, unfortunately, I don't think will be the last time we talk about COVID this season. Tom Brady kind of summed it up best the other day in saying that I think this is going to be a bigger issue than it was last season with fans in the stadium, um, you know, less restrictions on the world. People, even vaccinated, are going to still be exposed to it. So, fingers crossed it's not that huge of an impact, but I'm not feeling strong about that. Uh, unfortunately for the Cowboys, that's going to be a real problem for them come Thursday. The Buccaneers are also dealing with a couple of, of banged up players, but it looks like they're fairly healthy coming into this game. Most notably, running back Giovanni Bernard is dealing with an ankle injury, but he looks like he's on track to play, barring some kind of setback tomorrow. In Tennessee, wide receiver A.J. Barnone is dealing with a knee injury. He actually didn't practice today. He had been working out a little bit the last few days, but did not at all today. Uh, so he's questionable. Keep an eye on that coming into Sunday. I would think it's very likely he does play. He tends to play through injuries as it is, and it's week one. He wants to be out there. So I'd be shocked if he didn't take the field, but just something to keep in mind. Um, other Buccaneers names that uh, I missed here, worth noting, Chris Godwin, Fully practice today. He is going to play tomorrow. He's been doing a lot of injury. I'm also pretty sure Tom Brady actually hates him. So that may be more of a factor of how many targets he gets than the quad. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just, from everything I saw last year, not thinking he and Chris Godwin are on the same page. In Buffalo, uh, wide receiver Stefan Diggs has been dealing with a knee injury most of the preseason. He has been practicing, albeit limited, but he's going to play. Uh, they're also dealing with Emmanuel Sanders being a little banged up. He's got a foot injury. He was also limited to practice. They're calling him questionable going into this weekend's game. I keep an eye on that one. It could go either way, but it's looking more like he's going to play than sit. For the Jets, unfortunately, you guys are still the Jets. So things aren't really great fantasy-wise out in New York. Uh, wide receiver Denzel Mims is dealing with a hip injury. He it looks like he's on track to play this week. Jamison Crowder, fingers crossed, it looks like he's going to clear COVID protocol and be able to play. He actually did have COVID and is working his way back from that. Uh, in Minnesota, wide receiver Adam Thielen, he is listed as questionable. He's dealing with a thigh injury. He's going to play. They're, really, his legs kind of fall off at this point for him not to play. And <laughs> Justin Jefferson, their other big-name wide receiver, is dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, he will play. 
worth noting that this could have been a Trey Wayne's revenge game. He is a former Vikings quarterback who's now playing for the Bengals, but unfortunately he's actually not going to play this weekend. He's going to be out with a hamstring injury. And really unfortunately for the Bengals, he was about the best thing going for them at cornerback. So I think that's really going to help Justin Jefferson's cause this week. In San Francisco, like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be under center. It looks like he's going to have one of his favorite receivers, Brandon Ayuk, to throw to, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He's going to play this week unless something tightens up on Sunday. Hopefully it doesn't. Also worth noting that quarterback Trey Lance is dealing with a finger injury. He could have some helmet during the preseason game. He is not starting, but will be using some capacity. He's seems like he's going to be fine. The Lions are dealing with um, – some more issues in the backfield. They've struggled the last couple of seasons to keep guys healthy. One of them being running back DeAndre Swift, who is dealing with a groin injury. He notoriously is kind of a slow healer, and it's not looking great for him to play this week. So if he's in your lineup, I would say let's maybe try to have a backup plan and a good one because I don't think he's going to be under center. And if he is, uh, I think it's going to be in a limited capacity. You're certainly not going to be a full point value there. Uh, someone who will be okay and out there is Tyden T.J. Hawkinson. He has a sprained AC joint to play and looks like he'll be good to go. In Jacksonville, wide receivers have been injured all preseason, it seems. So I'm sure that's really not helping uh, Trevor Lawrence's development here. But D.J. Chark is dealing with a finger injury. He says as of today, he's 100% healthy, fine. It's not something to worry about. I tend to believe him. Marvin Jones is also dealing with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. He'll be good to go. And Tavon Austin is dealing with a quad injury. He is not going to be playing. They put him on short-term IR, which means he's out the first three weeks. So don't start him in your lineup this week. <laughs> in Houston, as if they didn't have enough issues with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, bringing in a new coach, a whole new philosophy, and a lot of bad PR. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller has dislocated his shoulder again during the preseason. He's unlikely to play. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him for multiple weeks. But wide receiver Andre Roberts, who's getting over a knee injury, looks like he's on track to play. So that's one more weapon uh, out in Houston. In Seattle, wide receiver Tyler, Tyler Lockett has been dealing with a groin injury. He's going to be good to go this week. I don't know if you've heard, but Carson Wentz is the Colts' new quarterback, and he had foot surgery. Stop me if you haven't heard that story before. Uh, he's going to be play, playing this week. He might not be too mobile, but in all honesty, he wasn't that mobile to begin with. So you're not missing out on much there. Unfortunately, in the wide receiver side of things, T.Y. Hilton had neck surgery. He's on the short-term IR. He's going to be out at least three games. Wouldn't be surprised if it were more than that. So he's not someone to be putting in your lineup this week or for the next few weeks. Out in L.A., the Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams is going to play through a hip injury, but Something to keep an eye on that's going to slow him down. Somebody you want to be able to get downfield might be an issue for him. Washington football team, uh, wide receiver Curtis Samuel came in this uh, this offseason. He was getting over a groin injury. It looked like he was getting better, and he's practicing. He was listed for this week as questionable, but after practice today, told reporters that he, quote, still doesn't feel right. It seems like this is flaring up and could be a problem. I wouldn't start him this week. I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't start at all this week. Out in Cleveland, as I mentioned, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is back from that torn ACL. Uh, they are also dealing with Rashad Higgins, another wide receiver there, uh, working through a knee injury. He's questionable but practicing. Keep an eye on it. You wouldn't really be starting him unless you're in a really deep league. So hopefully that is not something you have to worry about.
in Kansas City. Another preseason injury that scared all of us is running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He is dealing with an ankle injury. Looks like it could have been a break or a high ankle sprain. Not awesome to see, but it looks like he's doing pretty well. He's practicing, and he's going to play this week. Out in New England, Cam Newton is out, and again, Hunter Henry also might be out this week. He's unfortunately dealing with a shoulder injury. I think he's going to try to play through it, but it's really going to come down to game time. Johnny Smith is the healthier of the two, which that doesn't always last all that long, so just keep in mind he's probably the one you want out of that pairing. And also wide receiver Nikhil Harry is dealing with a shoulder injury. They put him on the short-term IL, and again, he's going to be out at least three weeks. Broncos tight end Noah Font is dealing with a knee injury. He's expected to play, but keep an eye on that because that is also going to go down to the end of the week. And the Giants are dealing with a lot. (laughs) Sherpa's not here to defend slash commiserate about the state of the Giants team right now, but they are not the healthiest bunch. Tight end Evan Ingram is questionable with a calf injury, another one you want to keep an eye on going into the weekend. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay is dealing with a hamstring injury. It looks like he's going to play through it, but let's just keep in mind that he is playing on uh, Daniel Jones's right. He doesn't throw to the right all that well. Kenny Galladay isn't moving all that well. It's not a recipe for success this week. Uh, there are other tight end, uh, other tight end Kyle Rudolph is coming off foot surgery. He is going to play. So one of those two is going to get out there. Neither of them are particularly healthy between Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. Pick accordingly. But it looks like Saquon Barkley will be back, so there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here. (laughs) Bears running back Tarek Cohen, he tore his ACL last year. He's had a couple of surgeries since then. He's still trying to get his knee right, and he's going to start the year on the pup list, so he's going to be at a six-week minimum there. Hopefully he's able to get healthy in that time. I'd really like to see him on the field, but right now his knee is not in a good way. Uh, Rams running back Darnell Henderson is dealing with a thumb injury. He's going to play. Uh, Shonda says that this week he's still going to have a big role, despite the fact that the Rams traded for Sony Michelle, who I think is going to fit very interestingly into that offense. And I put him on a couple of my fantasy teams. I like the upside there. In Baltimore, uh, wide receiver Rashad Bateman is still dealing with a groin injury. He had surgery on it. He's on the short-term IL, so he's out for at least three weeks as well as wide receiver Miles Boykin, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, also in short-term aisle. I don't know if you've heard, but they had a wide receiver problem before they had a running back problem. So things are a little tough in Baltimore, but I think they're going to be okay. And in Las Vegas, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs has missed the last two practices for unspecified reasons. So his list is questionable going into the weekend. It doesn't appear to be an injury, but we're not sure what it is. So just have a plan B there, especially because that is your Monday night game. And uh, you don't want to be stuck at the last minute if he doesn't play. Okay. So now that we can all take a collective breath, (laughs) all of these injuries, and we haven't even played a real down of football yet, let's talk about who to start and who to sit at each each position. As Sherpa and I were talking about earlier, it is week one, and so it's kind of like throwing a dart at a board right now. You have an idea of what teams are supposed to look like. You have an idea of who's supposed to be good. Plays in the preseason anymore, so we don't actually know what a lot of these teams look like. Like I said, Dak Prescott hasn't taken a snap in 11 months in any real kind of game capacity. So we might have some slow starters. Again, this is a hill I will die on about the preseason, how people should be playing in it, but I digress. Let's talk running backs. I think there are a couple who stand out above the rest, and I think Sherpa would agree as well. 
First and foremost, Christian McCaffrey in Carolina is at the top of my must-start list. I believe him when he's healthy. I think the matchup is great, and I think he's going to be returning to form. Sam Darnold, happy to, to hand the ball off, I think. <laughs> so he's going to put up some good numbers this week, as well as Dalvin Cook. As I talked about, the Bengals' defense is hurt and wasn't that scary to begin with. So uh, I think there are a lot of points to be had in that Minnesota offense this week. Derrick Henry in Tennessee, I mean, we've all seen what he can do. Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, I'm not sold on Jameis Winston. If you've listened to the podcast at all in the last 11 years leading up to today, you might have picked up on that. So I think Alvin Kamara is going to have to be the one that really carries the bulk of the load here for the offense in New Orleans. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Rounding out my top five is Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. We'll get to why I am much higher in Indianapolis than I think the rest of the world in a little while, but Jonathan Taylor is one part of that. (laughs) At six, James Robinson. Again, if this is your first time listening, I am a bit of a Jaguars apologist, and, you know, we're just going to start early on that. (laughs) James Robinson's going to have a nice game. Antonio Gibson uh, with the Washington football team. Also poised for a really nice day. I think that whole Washington offense is going to be loaded with points this week, so start everybody. Uh, Nick Chubb in Cleveland, Aaron Jones in Green Bay, and Austin Eckler with the Chargers rounding out my top 10. My 10 to sit may not be everyone's cup of tea, but this is where I'm going with it. Uh, James White in New England is the top of my list. I don't think that this New England offense is going to be as dynamic, especially to start. We have a rookie quarterback. There's a lot of moving parts there. Um, So I'm going to wait and see on James White. This isn't the week. Naeem Hines in Indianapolis. I like him down the road. This week is not the matchup for it. And in honor of Sherpa, who's not here, I'm going to give you a tandem, an entire backfield. At number three, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in Buffalo. Giovanni Bernard in Tampa Bay and Damian Williams in Chicago, rounding out my top five. Uh, David Johnson in Houston. I'm just really not that excited about this Houston team, unfortunately. (laughs) J.D. McKissick with Washington. As I said, I like a lot about this offense, but I'm not sure that there will be enough there for him this week. James Conner in Arizona. Not sure how the workload's going to be in Arizona just yet. I'd like to wait and see. Um, so for him, I'm leaving him on the bench this week. Michael Carter with the Jets and Carlos Hyde in Jacksonville. Taking a look at our wide receivers. Um, this list of guys I don't want to start, which we'll get to in a minute, you're probably going to beef with, and I am fine with that. But at the top of my list, and really your list, should be Devontae Adams. There are a few things I want to do less in the world than face a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers offense. Devontae Adams is going to have all of the fantasy points this week, and I am here for it. (laughs) At two, Tyree Kill with Kansas City, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, and Calvin Ridley uh, with the Falcons all running out in the top five. Really juicy matchup for Calvin Ridley and most of that Atlanta offense uh, against Philadelphia this week. DK Metcalf in Seattle. Uh, Another duo here, I've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen at seven on my list for Minnesota, either or both. The Bengals cornerbacks are not something to be scared of, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for big pass plays down the field. So I think both of them will benefit from it, start either one. At eight, Mike Evans in Tampa Bay, Terry McLaurin uh, with Washington, and 10, I'm going to go with another duo. Uh, One I don't feel that great about in all honesty, but... With the matchups, I think Amari Cooper and or CeeDee Lamb are going to be decent starts. 
I think it's pretty apparent to everyone in the world that the Cowboys are going to be playing from behind in this game against Tampa Bay as much as I don't want that to be the case. But, you know, it is what it is. So we're going to go with those guys as our 10 to start or 12, I guess, in this week. Uh, top of my avoid list is Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. I know you guys are not going to be all on board with that. I've already heard it from people. Uh, didn't catch anything in the preseason. I know it's, a, it's reuniting Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase, and it's the whole college connection. But listen, this is not the week it's going to start working. I would like to see Jamar Chase successfully run a couple of routes and catch a few passes before I'm going to put him in my fantasy lineup, especially when there's a plethora of better matchups and options. So stay away from him this week. If I'm wrong, call in and tell me. But this week is not the week for him. Rounding out, uh, <laughs> My 1A, really, if you will, here is Kenny Galladay of the Giants. As I mentioned, he's already banged up. He's dealing with that, the groin injury, and then he's, he's playing on the right side of the field. Daniel Jones just not throw well to that side of the field, and that offensive line really hasn't gotten any better. So I'm worried about Kenny Galladay's prospects, period, let alone this week. So, again, there are better options. And number three for me, Curtis Samuel. As I said, it looks like he may have reaggravated that groin injury today. I'm not taking a chance on that. Devontae Parker in Miami, normally I would like him a lot more. He didn't really gel last season. He was hurt a lot. I'm not sure what to make out of Tua yet, so we'll see how that goes. Devontae Smith in Philadelphia, maybe he's the savior. Maybe he's a smaller Calvin Ridley. I haven't seen it yet. I'd like to be wrong about this, but I don't think I am this week. <laughs> At six, Michael Pittman Jr. in Indianapolis. Um, Mike Williams with the Chargers, as I said, not loving the matchup this week for him. Michael Gallup in Dallas, there's just not going to be enough targets to go around. I'm sorry. Marquez Callaway in New Orleans and Marvin Jones Jr. in Jacksonville. DJ Chark is healthy. LaVisca Chenault looks good. I just don't think there's enough, enough targets there for him. So let's take a look at quarterbacks here. Uh, top of the list. I think the top of your list, I think the top of everybody's list, is Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, he's got an entirely new offensive line. I don't know if you've heard. That story's only been on repeat pretty much the entire offseason. So he's got a new offensive line. We'll see if they're good or not. And he doesn't have turf toe anymore. So that's certainly an upgrade off where we left off last season with him. Number two on my list, probably a little higher than some people have, is Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Uh, Kyle Murray coming in at a very close three, Josh Allen and Tom Brady running out the top five. I am a self-aware Cowboys fan, and I understand this is really just going to be a, a Tom Brady fantasy football track meet on Thursday night, so so be it. Uh, Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. I don't know if you've heard, but he's got a new wide receiver out there in Julio Jones. I think that's going to be a very nice thing for him. Dak Prescott, again, the theory of the Cowboys are going to have to play from behind, and he really wants to show the world that he is healthy and can play football. Here's hoping he's not throwing INTs all night. Aaron Rodgers, piggybacking on that idea before with Devontae Adams, I don't want to face a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. He's got something to prove. He's had all this resentment and grudge all offseason. I wouldn't want to be on the other side of football from him. Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, I am very high on the Washington offense. Start everybody. <laughs> and Kirk Cousin in, in Minnesota, there are very few weeks you're going to hear me suggest starting him. He's going to end up on my don't start list a whole lot, but this is one opportunity where the matchup is right. The wide receivers are mostly healthy. Take advantage of it. My quarterbacks to avoid, 
Fabulous is Jalen Hurts. Again, I'm not super impressed with what I saw at the end of last season or the beginning of this season. I don't know what to get out of him yet, so we're going to find out together. But I'm not taking the chance this week. I hope you're not either, but I know a lot of you are. <laughs> at two, Joe Burrows. Again, I, the matchup isn't great. I'm worried about him coming off the the knee. You never know how a guy's going to respond right away. Um, I think down the line, as the season goes on, he becomes a much more attractive fantasy quarterback, but not this week. Number three, Andy Dalton in Chicago. Obviously, he's not going to have that job very long. Um, he's just holding holding space for Justin Fields. You never know. Maybe Nick Foley and Dynamite comes out of the shadows, but Andy Dalton is not long for this world as the Bears quarterback, and he definitely shouldn't be on your fantasy team. Jared Goff out in Detroit. I don't love that Detroit team. I'm not sure where Jared Goff is mentally. Um, obviously, things didn't go great for him last year. I think the change of scenery will be nice, but he certainly doesn't have the weapons he did before. I think that you're going to see a regression there fantasy-wise. Uh, ben Roethlisberger at five. I mean, we saw last season how things went. His Obviously, his arm is getting healthier, but he is also getting older, and his team around him is getting older, and, you know, he doesn't have the same protection. So I'm worried about that. Jameis Winston, uh, checking in at six on my list. He might have had LASIK. <laughs> I saw him in the preseason. I saw him in person in Baltimore. It wasn't great. I don't think it's getting much better. I think Taysom Hill will be under center at some point here for New Orleans, um, but Jameis Winston's going to throw at least one interception this week. It's like death taxes and Jameis Winston throwing to the other team. It's just going to happen. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa checking in on my list. I want him to rebound this season. He says he can read defenses better. He has a better understanding of the playbook. Show me that. This week, I don't think we're going to see it. Sam Darnold in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey is going to be the workhorse there. Zach Wilson on the other side of that game for the Jets. He's still unfortunately playing on the Jets. Same thing for Daniel Jones in uh, New York. I don't think these are any of the guys that you want to be placing your fantasy hopes and dreams on. <laughs> uh, tight ends, I mean, one, two, three, really even four, I think is going to be interchangeable on anybody's list here. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, I think are kind of on a different tier of tight ends. I would even throw Mark Andrews into that mix, especially with Baltimore having so many injuries to their receiving core. And now with the run game, I think Mark Andrews becomes even more valuable, which the Ravens figured out, and they signed him to a new contract yesterday, so good for him. Uh, at number five, I've got Logan Thomas. When he's healthy, he's great. Ryan Fitzpatrick uses tight ends well. This Washington football team offense is built to utilize tight ends. So I think he's got plenty of upside. Noah Font in Denver, even though he's a little banged up, as long as he gets on the field, I'm good with starting him. I think that he's, again, in a tight end-friendly offense. And even with those downfield threats, I think he'll get plenty of targets. At seven, TJ Hawkinson in Detroit. They talked about not as great of a team in Detroit for Jared. Uh, for uh, Oh, my God, why am I blanking here? Uh, Jared Goff, there we go. Um, I think he's going to have to utilize his tight end more so. It's kind of, for me, the same idea where a rookie quarterback is going to be looking and checking down to that tight end route more often. With that being said, Johnny Smith of the Patriots is checking in at eight on my list. Mac Jones is going to be looking his way a lot. Hunter Henry will eventually eat into some of these, but not this week. Uh, Johnny Smith's been out there more, getting more reps. I think Mac Jones has a little more of a rapport with him, and he's going to do well in this offense. Robert Tanyan in Green Bay and Tyler Higby running out my top ten. 
looking at my avoid list, <clears throat> another Tyler, we go from Tyler Higby to start to Tyler Conklin avoid in Minnesota. Uh, as I said, uh, Irv Smith Jr. is done for the year, so they're kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do at tight end, and I don't know if Tyler Conklin is the answer, and I don't think he is this week. The second tight end I'm looking to avoid this week is Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. I want to think that it's possible he's going to get more fantasy value as the season goes, but I'm still not sure if he wants to be there or if the Eagles want him there or what is going on. So we're going to see what happens this week. Give a week or two, figure out where you want to go with that. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to put him in my lineup this week. Quite frankly, I'm pretty on the fence about Dallas Goddard as well, but he's more in the no man's land than Zach Ertz. Cole Komet in Chicago. So I think we'll get a fair amount of targets, but he's playing on a terrible team right now, and that's his undoing. Um, Andy Dalton will throw to a tight end, but I think they have much better options this week. Gerald Everett in Seattle and Austin Hooper in Cleveland, who had uh, kind of a rough start last season, came on strong, but I think with the way this offense is moving and with Odell Beckham Jr. coming in, he's actually going to regress fantasy-wise this season. He's not a guy I, I would want to put on a team, but I definitely don't want to start him this week. Jared Cook with the Chargers I'm staying away from, as well as Anthony Fersker in Tennessee. Uh, Gronk, I'm, I know a lot of people want to start him this week. I'm staying away. There's too much going on. They're not going to be looking for the way nearly enough. Eric Abron and Hunter Henry, uh, like I said, he's a little banged up. They're rounding out my 10 to this week. Defenses, uh, this is one you may not agree with. I'm a little higher on some defenses than a lot of other people are. I'd like to think I'm right about this, though. So take some notes. Mull it over. See what you think. Uh, the top of my list, probably also your list, teams to start would be the Rams defense. <laughs> the Broncos, Packers, and Ravens. And then I've got the Vikings at five. I know that's higher than some people have. Uh, also, the Bills checking in at six for me. The Dolphins, Washington football team, the Patriots, and the Seahawks, all in my top ten. Um, I also wanted to put the Colts in there, but I just, numbers-wise, I didn't think they quite cracked the top 10, but they're just outside it for me. I think that Colts defense is not getting nearly enough respect, and if you're able to, put them on your fantasy team. It's going to pay off in the long run. Trust me on this. Defense is to avoid this week. I think we can all agree the Cowboys are probably the top of that list. <laughs> this is not going to be great showing for them. They did draft, try, try to draft an entirely new defense during the draft this year going with six out of seven picks being defenders i'm not mad about it i just don't know if it's gonna work i'm just not sure what this cowboys defense is gonna look like i do however know what tom brady and the buccaneers offense looks like and they're gonna win that matchup nine times out of ten uh also unfortunately the state of pennsylvania i don't really want any of your defenses on my any of my teams the steelers the eagles staying away from them as well as the browns and the bears I'm also not starting the Buccaneers defense because I think the Cowboys are able to put up a ton of points. I'm not sure if they're going to, but I'm cautiously optimistic here. <laughs> uh, the Texans, Chargers, Cardinals, and Titans rounding out my list to avoid. And now let's get into one of our favorite parts of the show, and that is the game predictions. If this is your first time listening, again, welcome. We've missed you. Um, Every week, we will run through all of the games on the schedule. We're going to tell you who's winning, what the score is, and Sherpa and I keep a tally all season long so you can see where we are in our predictions versus each other, which makes for some great shit talking. But since Sherpa is not here to defend himself, uh, I believe 
he did win last season. Nothing much, but we had a tough couple of weeks coming down the stretch. Anyway, <laughs> I do have his picks, so we can kind of virtually argue about those later. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Like I said, find us all over social media. Let me know what you think. Let's start with Thursday night. I don't know if you guys have heard, the Cowboys are playing Tampa Bay at home where they just won a Super Bowl. Um, Sherpa and I both agree on this. Uh, we're both taking Tampa Bay to win. I've got Tampa winning 33-20. to 20. He's got Tampa winning 34-24. So he's actually giving the Cowboys a little more respect than I am. I would like that to be right. Um, whatever, I think right now the spread is eight points. I would take it. <laughs> Tampa giving eight sounds pretty good to me. Um, let's take a look at the Sunday games since we're things are getting a little more competitive. We've got Arizona visiting uh, the Titans. I've got Tennessee winning 28-24. Sherpa has Arizona winning 35-27. So we are right on schedule to Supreme right off the bat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this Arizona team. I can't argue too much with it. I think it could go either way. I just like the Tennessee offense a little bit more. So we'll see. That's definitely a game to watch this week. It's going to be one of the higher scoring ones, one of the more fun offenses to watch. Jacksonville at Houston, one I'm interested in watching. Uh, we have two rookie head coaches coaching here. And obviously it doesn't feel like Urban Meyer is really our rookie head coach, but you know, somehow managed to find a scandal every single week he's been employed. So that's got to be some kind of record. Uh, and it looks like he's going to have – According to Sherpa, a winning record after this week. He's got Jacksonville winning 27-24. A little bit of a barn burner there. I, unfortunately, did not give Jacksonville the same respect. This is not something you'll see happen a whole lot. Me picking against the Jaguars, even when they're historically bad. I'm actually picking Houston 31-27. I think that the Houston offense is going to surprise people a little bit, and they're going to pull one out here late in the fourth quarter. Moving on to the Chargers visiting the Washington football team. New name pending next season. I'm sure it's going to be a downgrade from Washington football team, but we shall see. <laughs> Sherpa and I both actually have Washington winning. I've got Washington winning 28-23. He has them winning 30-24, so about the same game there. Uh, unfortunately, Washington's probably winning this division. We'll argue more about that. Um, Sherpa is a Giants fan, so the NFC East is something we have a lot of strife about just in general. <laughs> That's not the last you've heard of it this season. Moving right along, Minnesota and Cincinnati, I think you can tell from my predictions as we went through things earlier, I have Minnesota winning this. I've got them winning pretty handily, 30-21. to 21. I'm not scared of that Cincinnati defense. Uh, Sherpa has Minnesota winning by a much smaller margin, 31-27. And let's not forget, this is the Mike Zimmer revenge game. Revenge games are important, people. They are great motivators. We love them here. And we have back-to-back revenge games on the schedule here. Uh, Sam Darnold playing against his his New York Jets, who ran him out of town. And we're going to see if he can't get some revenge on them this week. Uh, Sherpa and I both have him taking this against the Jets and Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, Zach Wilson, I think things are going to get better for you, but it's going to take a little bit of time. I've got Carolina winning 31-21, and Sherpa has them winning 34-27. So even a little, a little uh, more scoring there, so more power to him. Next up we have... The NFC East checking in again with Philadelphia at Atlanta. This is always um, always interesting because Matt Ryan is from Philadelphia, played high school football there, and it never really made sense to me why Philly never went after him, but here we are. They're going to get beat again by the Falcons and Matt Ryan. 
at least according to me, because Sherpa has us going the other way. So worth noting, also a game of rookie head coaches here. We like that as well at the fourth and inches show. I have Atlanta winning 24-20. Sherpa's got Philly uh, eking this out by field goal 27-24. That is a lot of scoring from two offenses. They're not very good. I digress. We'll see who's right there. Um, moving along to Pittsburgh at Buffalo. I am intrigued to see what this Pittsburgh team looks like. Uh, as we saw, TJ Watt is still holding out. He wants more money. Ben Roethlisberger said more power to him. That's why I took a pay cut so we could keep guys like TJ Watt. Essentially saying, could we just pay the man so he'll come play football for us? He really needs him. I don't know if you've heard, but a few guys are injured. A few guys have left. A few guys have retired and have just gotten older. So things are in a weird place for Pittsburgh. Buffalo, however, we are we are primed for people jumping through tables. The home opener, this is a good Buffalo team. Things are going to get super weird in that parking lot tailgating. I would love to see just maybe a camera just right on that Buffalo parking lot. I would watch that all day long. I'd pay for it, in fact. <laughs> uh, Sherman and I actually picked this exactly the same. We both have Buffalo winning 30 to 21. I've I think we're feeling pretty good about Buffalo. I, I even like their defense. I like all aspects of this Buffalo team. Seattle at Indianapolis. Uh, a higher scoring game. We both have that. Sherpa's got Seattle winning 30-28. to 28. I think most people are picking Seattle in this game. It's been a bit of a tumultuous offseason for Indianapolis with the whole Carson Wentz coming in. Um, you know, he was in COVID protocol for a little bit. He had the broken foot injury that stemmed from high school that inexplicably also one of the offensive linemen had. It was a whole weird thing. We had that big gap. It could be five weeks. It could be 12 weeks. And <clears throat> here we are. Week one of the season is week five of rehab for him. Slowly feeling well. I'd like to believe that. I think that the yips he had in Philadelphia, he's going to get over. He's back with Frank Wright. Life is good. This Indianapolis team is very good. This defense is much better than people give him credit for. So I'm picking a little a little bit of an up in Indianapolis 28-27. So we'll see who ends up on the right end of that between Sherpa and I. Okay. Now that we have a breath and some water, we're going to keep rolling here. <clears throat> Next up, the Jimmy Garoppolo revenge tour, I guess. I, he's just fighting to keep his job at this point, which I don't think it's a fight he's going to win. But this week he's playing against the Lions, and if you can't look good against this Detroit Lions team, I just don't know what you're doing. Jared Goff, on the other side of things for Detroit, playing a familiar opponent. He's played this 49ers team several times, so I think that does give him a little bit of an edge. Unfortunately, personnel-wise, he's still far behind the San Francisco team, so uh, has gotten a little healthier. Not just Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, but yeah, it's both so the defense is getting healthier. So, Sherpa and I uh, both picked San Francisco to win. Purpose I'm winning 34-21. I've got a little closer with the 49ers winning 27-21. So, you know, little uh, one last touchdown for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Again, uh, if this is your first time listening, I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo supporter. So I'm all in on the Trey Lance camp. Um, but we'll see what happens. Let's move on to the Sunday late games. Again, I'm going to start my ritual of beginning to bitch about the schedule maker. I don't understand why we're so lopsided. There are not enough Sunday afternoon games, as I like to call them. Being from originally from California, they are afternoon games. One o'clock games are morning games. But 
Sunday late games. We only have one Monday night football game this week. I don't understand why that is. I like the dueling doubler of two. I also don't sleep a whole lot, so maybe I'm the only one that likes that. <laughs> Let's take a look at the 4 o'clock kickoffs. First one being Cleveland at Kansas City. Worth noting, I know there are some pluses to this Cleveland team. They have gotten better, and to the point where even Sherpa is picking them to win this game. Holy moly, I just saw that. <laughs> That's that's a whole lot right there. Uh, Sherpa has Cleveland winning 37-34. I, I don't even know what to make of that. Just for what it's worth, Cleveland hasn't won a week one game since 2004. Kansas City's won their last six straight. I have Kansas City winning 37-24. Bit of a blowout. So we definitely see this game differently, but there is a fair amount of offense to be had. So a lot of fantasy value in this game. <clears throat> Moving along to the Sherpas, sad, sad Giants team. I I want them to be better, not better than the Cowboys, but I'd like them to be less depressing to watch than they are right now. So I'm hoping Saquon Barkley coming back is going to right some of the wrongs there. Uh, I don't think it will be enough to beat the Broncos this week. This Broncos team I don't think gets quite enough credit. Sherpa would also like to note that right now the Giants are still tied with the Cowboys and probably after this week we'll still be tied with the Cowboys because both of us are picking the Giants to lose. I've got Denver winning 24-16. Sherpa has it a little closer. Denver 27, the Giants 24. He might be he Sherpa uh skews a little higher than I do this week on overall scoring. He's probably a little closer than I am. It tends to be week one. There's a lot more scoring. I just think that the defenses are a little more prepared because more of them have played in the preseason. So we'll see what happens. But either way, we don't think the Giants are going to win this one. Sorry, Daniel Jones. I wish things were better for you, but they're not this week. (laughs) Um, Green Bay and New Orleans. This game is being played in Jacksonville because of the unfortunate Hurricane Ida and everything that happened there for New Orleans and Louisiana and really a whole lot of the East Coast as well. Um, so Jacksonville is, it's not really home game for anybody here. Um, Green Bay, I've got coming in and winning 31-21. Sherba actually has the Saints winning 31-28. So we agree it's going to be a close game. I think it'll be closer. Uh, again, I am a bit of an Aaron Rodgers apologist. I am not apologizing for that. I also don't like James Winston a whole lot. Uh, the LASIK eye surgery my question is, if your eyes were this bad, why didn't you have it done earlier? Why were you never wearing glasses? Could you honestly not see your receivers because you threw as many completions as you did interceptions, it seemed like? So you saw people out there. Um, what I saw of him in Baltimore, wasn't really impressed with. But I, like I said, I don't think this is his job the whole season. It is his job this week, and unfortunately, I think his job is to not beat the Packers. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see uh, how both of these teams look coming out. They both had kind of tumultuous off seasons. Not really sure who their quarterback was going to be. Green Bay almost got divorced from Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees retired. We all saw the circus. Uh, another circus, a game that's normally pretty interesting, Miami against New England. Uh, Miami in the division has been the opponent that has given the Patriots the most agita over the last few years. I mean, let's all remember, like, Wes Welker on both sides of this and him kicking. It was a whole good time. Big fan of that. Um, but this week we have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. We have Tua Tungvalu, who's coming into season two and hopefully getting 
not getting those terrible twos. He's going to look a little better. Doesn't have Fitz magic to come save the day. So got to be him. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think this is his week. Sherpa disagrees. But this is the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks. We know they're both good. I just think the New England system is going to work a little bit better. I've got New England winning 23-21. I don't think there's a particularly high-scoring game. Sherpa has the Dolphins winning 28-27. So maybe respect these defenses a little bit more. I certainly respect the Miami defense, I think, a little more than most people do. Um, but I think Mac Jones is going to be better than a lot of rookie quarterbacks. I think this is not the hardest, but not the best match that they could be drawing, all things considered. I just feel like Bill Belichick can neutralize the things Miami does really well, like throwing the ball to tight end Mike Gesicki, who we are a proponent of here at the show. (laughs) I think Belichick does a good job of neutralizing things, and I think that taking away Gesicki is going to be a problem for this offense. And I think that means New England's going to win by a hair. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, we have not the Justin Field-led Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton's keep you one out here, people. <laughs> it's also the debut of Matthew Stafford uh, against, again, a familiar opponent in this Bears team. He's seen a lot. He's also got crushed by this defense a lot of times. Unfortunately, Matt Stafford never played behind a very good offensive line. So it's interesting to see how things look with the Rams. If he's not beaten and battered all the time, might get a few more completions. And I think that's going to be the difference here. I've got the Rams and Matt Stafford winning his debut 28-14. I, I'm just not a believer in the Andy Dalton experience. <laughs> I don't think most people are, unfortunately. Um, Sherpa also agrees the Rams are going to win this one. Uh, he's got 30 to 24. So getting a little higher scoring there. And then we have uh, the Monday night game. Again, why is there only one this season? Why is this what we're doing? I really enjoyed having two games. Also a bit of a degenerate gambler, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Here we are. We just have the one. It's the Ravens visiting our friends in Las Vegas, the Raiders. (laughs) There's always some number going out in Las Vegas. Um, Honestly, not sure what's going on with Josh Jacobs. Not totally sure what this offense is going to look like. Baltimore, even though they don't seem to have any running backs or wide receivers, I still feel like can get the job done here. I think their defense is actually going to be the difference maker. As I mentioned earlier, I was actually at – the Ravens and Saints preseason game a couple of weeks ago. This Baltimore defense is really good. First string, second string, second string, third string. Um, they're they're very good, no matter who's in. Uh, and I think that defense is going to be the difference. I think, unfortunately, Derek Carr is probably going to throw a pick, might put the ball on the ground. And Baltimore's defense is going to be wins this for them. I have them winning 34-27. So we've made it through game predictions. We've made it through our starting sits. And real quick, I'm going to take a look at some daily fantasy picks for you. Again, if it's your first time listening, if you just need a little refresher because it's been, you know, a couple of months since we're all together like this. Um, For the daily fantasy portion of our show, we're looking at value. You all know how to pick the best player on a team. You know how to all put a Tom Brady on your team or Christian McCaffrey. These guys that are clear, true number ones that are going to cost you some money. So here we're going to give you some value picks at each position. We've got three for you across the board that are going to save you a little money and definitely the return on that. So to start off, stop me if you've heard this before today. The Washington football team is going to have a really nice day offensively. 
In turn, that means Ryan Fitzpatrick gets a great daily fantasy pick. He's going to put up a ton of yards. There are touchdowns to be had, and he's going to be a part of that. Also, he's not going to cost you the same as number one money, and he's going to play like a number one this week. So, by all means, put Ryan Fitzpatrick in your daily fantasy lineup and don't look back. Two other guys I'm going to recommend to you, I don't personally love his players, but I love the value. The price is right. Sam Darnold, another guy who's going to get a win this week, uh, even with some help around him. But the fear of the run game is going to open up the pass lanes for him. He's going to put up some points. And for what he costs, it just makes a lot of sense. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's healthy for at least the first 10 minutes of this game before he sprains his ankle again. His receivers are healthy, and that defense is back. They're going to keep him in this game. They're going to give him some good field position getting interceptions. That's going to be the difference. So go ahead, all three of them. Great values this week at running back. Melvin Gordon in Denver, I think, is very interesting. People are higher there on him than I think you may think or you may have heard. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but Melvin Gordon, definitely a good play there. Chase Edmonds in Arizona, as well as Damian Harris in New England. I think he's going to be sniping some uh, points there, especially in PPR format. <clears throat> At wide receiver T. Higgins in Cincinnati, you know, I said there's not a lot good about the Cincinnati offense this week. T. Higgins, however, at this price is certainly one of them. He can actually catch the ball, unlike Jamar Chase, who's going to put it on the ground. <laughs> but T. Higgins can run a good route. He's fast. He's going to lose some of these defenders. It'll work. Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco. Again, same thing with Jim Garoppolo. Price is right. They work well together. I like the matchup. Russell Gage in Atlanta. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones is gone, so Calvin Ridley is your one. Russell Gage is decidedly your number two, and the Eagles were 27th in the league last year against uh, wide receivers as far as their defense, and the defense did not improve this offseason. So Russell Gage is going to have himself a hell of a day, and I am all in on him and my fantasy lineups, both daily and regular. And Marquise Callaway in New Orleans uh, without Michael Thomas, without any real, true, clear-cut, healthy wide receivers, Callaway is the best of the bunch. James Winston had his LASIK eye surgery. He is going to throw some interceptions, but he does complete passes. They're just not always the guys on his team. However, when they are, it's going to be DeMarquise Callaway. So throw them in your lineup. They're going to be throwing the ball. At tight end, Cole Komet in Chicago, as I said, I might not want to put him in my, my year-long, my season-long fantasy league, but if I'm trying to save a little money, Andy Dalton loves tracking down to the tight end. This Bears offense is built to include the tight end pretty heavily, and Cole Komet catches the ball well. I like him. I just wish he was on another team. <laughs> uh, also, other values of tight end, Logan Thomas. Duh. Washington football team. Can't tell you enough about this. Austin Hooper in Cleveland. As I said, I think it's a bit of a regression over the year for him, but this week it's worth a shot. Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. Again, Seagulls defense is not really a matchup to be scared of. Defensively, some value picks. I told you earlier I'm way higher on the Colts than most of the world. Go with me on this. It will pay off for you. I promise you that. The Colts, the Dolphins, and the Vikings would be my three picks at defense this week. Uh, if you have any lineup questions, who to start, who to sit, uh, if you're looking to pick somebody up, if you have daily, daily fantasy lineup pick questions, you can find us on Twitter all week long. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us. Whatever floats your boat, we're out there and ready to help you. No problem. Um, what we normally do at this point in the show and the Sherpa's here, unfortunately he's just here with us in spirit today, <laughs> um, a couple of discussion topics, just kind of quick thoughts on different issues. So he sent a few of them along this week. Uh, I already hit on a couple of them. Why are there so many early Sunday games? 
Well, you're only one week, one Monday night game. No, this riles me up. I just I don't understand what the beef schedule maker is. This is not the first or the last time you're going to hear this from me. It's a lifelong vision quest. I am now on to understand why on earth this happens and really why one day I'm going to pull the curtain back on Oz. And I'm going to understand this. Unfortunately, that day is not today. However, the scheduling gods who are out there, obviously listening to the podcast because what else are you doing on a Wednesday night here? Um, I, I need some answers. We really need answers for this. I, I can fix this. I can fix your problems. Trust me. <laughs> so, um, another another thing he wanted to talk about, replacing injured or cut running backs. Um, like I said, Sherpa did get hit with Cam Akers early on. I tend to be fortunate in that I don't draft a lot of my teams super early in the offseason. Um, so I haven't been hit quite as hard as the Sherpa has, unfortunately. Um, but it is tough with running backs right now. There are so many teams that are doing running back by committees that it's hard to know, especially now without having seen any of them play, where you want to find that guy to fill the void. I'm actually really high on Sonny Michelle right now. I think that he's going to fit in nicely with the Rams. Darnell Henderson is not historically a picture of health. He's not healthy right now. And I think that Sonny Michelle, we saw what he could do in New England, and I think he'll fit very interestingly into this offense. I think they'll be able to really maximize him. So I have him stashed on a couple of teams. Not looking back on that. <laughs> um, another thing to bring up, should you track the vaccination status of your players? We've seen some issues already in the offseason, um, some controversy about whether or not a guy like Cam Newton was cut based on his vaccination status, or you have people like Urban Meyer who just flat out came out and said that they were considering vaccination status when they made their cuts, which Urban, we're not in we're not in Ohio anymore. You can't just say everything that comes through your mind. It doesn't work like that here. I it just people aren't just gonna roll with it. Um, I think the vaccination status is something to consider. However, there are still a lot of guys, there's a lot of breakthrough cases, especially we've seen in professional athletes, probably more because they're getting tested more than the average person, but they're also coming in contact with more people. No matter how careful you are right now. If you're just around that many people, you're traveling that much, it's kind of a war of attrition. So you have a guy um, like Zach Martin of the Cowboys who's not going to play this week. He was vaccinated, got COVID anyway, can't get out of the protocol fast enough. Um, so I, I don't know if it's something I'm not going to put a guy on my team because of it. Like this week, Kirk Cousins, he's not vaccinated. Could get COVID in any second. But I think if he's going to be on the field, he's going to have a good day. I just think you should have uh, backups you're comfortable with, which you want to be doing anyway. So uh, we'll dive more into this and some other topics next week. We will be at full capacity. We're going to activate Sherpa off the pup list. He uh, should be healthy and on the mend by then. Um, we will be back with you at our normal time. We'll be back Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern time. And as always, if you miss an episode, you want to take us, you know, on your morning commute to work, you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, download, all of that helps us. We really appreciate it. And you can find us all over social media. We're on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the fourth and inches show at gmail.com. And... Good luck this week to everyone except who's playing us. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.